listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, coming to you from Fukushima Prefecture here in Japan. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2022. It's freezing cold and very windy here today in Fukushima. I don't know where you are are listening from. I don't know where you're listening from, but if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, I've heard it's quite hot. (laughs) For us here in Japan, it's pretty cold and snowy this year. So that has led to a lot of excitement uh, in my family. For the winter holidays, my children went down to their grandparents' house. And their grandparents live in Totori Prefecture, which is at the other end of Japan from where we live. And you might be wondering, how on earth did I get my children down to the back end of Japan, uh, which is Totori Prefecture? So the way we do it is I take them to Haneda Airport and ANA flies direct to Totori in one hour and 20 minutes or so. And then I check them in and I take them to the gate. And then they have a system called Junior Pilot where the uh, you know, the ground staff put them on the plane, make sure they get to their seats and that they're okay. And then the flight attendants keep an eye on them during the flight. And it's only one hour and 20 minutes. So for my kids who have been international travelers since they were tiny, uh, with various different trips back and forward to New Zealand or going back, going to Sweden and back again and all over the world, the things that they've done so far. Just that little trip down to Totori isn't too much of a problem for them. So, yeah, I do that. I put them on the plane and then their grandparents are waiting for them at the other end. So if you are in Japan or wherever you are in the world, perhaps there is a system like this you can take advantage of. And this will help, you know, your kids have more time with their grandparents and you to have more time alone. So one of the benefits is not only that the kids get to see their grandparents and they love spending time at their grandparents' house. They love spending time with their grandparents. And I also like it that they get to spend time without me there policing everything and the grandparents can be grandparents. And you know what happens when you send your kids to their grandparents' house. Yes, all sorts of things happen. Uh, all sorts of treats and, you know, that sort of thing that if I was there, then I'd have to be involved in, oh, mummy, uh, Nana wants to give me uh, candy. Can I have it? Or or something like this. And then I'll have to say yes or no. And it's really, really draining, I find. So if I'm not there and it's out of sight, out of mind, it's, it's like what happens at Nana and Papa's house <laughs> stays at Nana and Papa's house. But I do hear a few stories about staying up really late and having lots of treats and just generally having a fantastic time without me having to 
be involved in any of it. So I think that's really great for them and that helps to build a really nice relationship with their grandparents because we live so far away. They only see them, you know, once or twice a year. I think that's really important. But the flip side is that also I got to have a week with no children around and always that this is the second time that we've done it and the first time was was far far worse but this time I was a little bit more into it was the first sort of 24 hours at least of turning off parent mode it wasn't instantaneous and I met one of my friends in Tokyo uh, you will have heard her on one of the previous episodes Christine Brown speaking about intuition and I asked Christine to come and meet me quickly at the airport to sit with me while I waited for the kids plane to arrive in Totori just to make sure they landed safely before I left the airport and went on my way and so I met Christine and and I had to have a beer just to calm down from the whole the whole thing of sending them off on the plane it was a little bit easier this time than last time that's for sure and then yeah a whole day of sort of trying to switch off parent mode and realizing, oh, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. I don't have to make sure everybody's been to the toilet before they leave the house or has everybody got a mask on and a spare one in their pocket just in case the one on your face breaks. Have you had that happen? Oh my goodness. Yeah, turning off parent mode takes a wee while. So what did I do with my one week? You're probably all dying to know. Well, First of all, I spent a wonderful time in Tokyo doing some shopping and this, especially around the Harajuku area, there are some really nice shops that we just don't have here in Fukushima or particularly in my city, Iwaki City. So I really enjoyed just, you know, looking around the shops, enjoying the things, looking at things that I wanted to look at and taking as long or as short as I wanted to, having a coffee when I wanted to, all of those, it's really sort of simple things that you don't normally get to do when you have two kids with you normally. (laughs) And one of the funny things was I went to Harajuku station, got off the train and realized, oh, I'm still a bit early. There's still kind of 10 minutes or more before the shops open because I didn't know in Tokyo shops don't open until 11 a.m. What's with that? Everything here where I live sort of opens 10 a.m. or even 9.30 for some things. So I was kind of caught out by that so I thought oh okay that's fine I will go and enjoy a nice cup of coffee at a certain coffee chain uh, that I like to frequent and so I went and sat down had a coffee and then it was nearly time for the shops to open so I thought oh okay I will go and make my way to a particular shop I wanted to go to and when I walked out of the Starbucks I noticed I was standing right in front of the new it's like a mini ikea or ikea if whatever however you want to say it and i was standing right in front of it and i hadn't realized i'd walked right by it because i had been focused on where can i sit down where can i have have a bit of a, a rest while i'm waiting for the shops to open and so i had walked smack into my well, it's not my favorite shop in Sweden, but one of my favorite places to visit, that's for sure, uh, from when we lived in Sweden, which is Ikea. And I thought, wow, that's really weird that I would bump into that. And this kind of happens to me sometimes when I go to Tokyo, I will see these places and think, oh, I, 
there's the Swedish embassy. I had no idea that that was there. And I just walked, you know, happened to be on my route to walking somewhere. These little, I don't know if you want to say whispers or things from Sweden, just reminding me. And so I thought, oh, I have to go in and see what they have. It's not a full-blown IKEA, like a massive warehouse. It's just a shop in the middle of Tokyo. So I went in and I found, oh, they have some nice little things and things that I wanted and things that I wanted to buy and couldn't buy because they were like frozen cinnamon rolls and things that you can't take back with you. Anyway, I will keep that in mind for next time. My kids were really excited when they heard that there are Swedish cinnamon rolls available in Japan, just we wouldn't be able to get them unless we somehow ordered them from Frozen, uh, which you can do in Japan, you know, you can get frozen stuff sent around. Anyway, so that was really, really fun and just a really, really nice chance to have a little bit of a trip down memory lane of being in Sweden, even though I was actually in Japan and going to Ikea is the same anywhere in the world, but for me, that was really, really nice. And then I enjoyed going, looking at a few more stores, trying on shoes. And if you have bigger than 24.5, which is the Japanese sizing feet in Japan, you will know how tricky it is to find shoes. But I did actually go into Echo and I have a pair of Echo boots, which I bought when I was in Europe just to survive the winter and I know my size and they had my size in there and I was like, wow, this is really great. And the shop assistant said, yeah, there's a lot of foreigners in this part of town. So we tend to stock a few more bigger size shoes. So if you are in Tokyo, you have bigger than 24.5. So we're talking 25, 25.5 or 26 feet. Check out the Echo store in Harajuku. There you go. little bit of <laughs> information for you there. And then I had a wonderful lunch with Catherine Gronau, who was also on the podcast this year, uh, last year, sorry, and with uh, Dr. David Sweet, who is one of my clients who I help with his podcast Barefoot Lunch, but also a, uh, a new thing that is coming out soon as well. So keep your eyes open for that on my Instagram feeds and all of that you'll see when that launches on I think it's going to be the 1st of February so if you're listening to this uh, after the episode comes out you will be able to check that out as well. So we had Mexican food and I love Mexican food but there just really isn't much Mexican food in Japan is there. And if you live in Tokyo, yeah, sure, you have some options, but pretty much anywhere else, there's not much Mexican food to choose from. So I, of course, requested that we would go to Mexican and we had a great lunch at Mucho, which is near the Maruno Uchi South exit of the Tokyo station. It's not far from there. So if you are looking for somewhere to have really nice Mexican I can recommend that restaurant and it's not somewhere you would just sort of stumble across and go, oh, look, yay, Mexican restaurant. You kind of have to know where it is. It's sort of up some escalators and kind of hidden around the corner in this building. So good thing that uh, David recommended that to me. So, yes, so uh, that was my day in Tokyo. And then I took the train back home and got back to my home and my dog and my husband were here in Fukushima. And then we had nearly a week of no kids at home. And I did struggle with this a bit because it was so, so easy just to fall into the pattern of, oh, I've got 
all this free time, I'll just do some work because I did have a lot of work for my business waiting to be done and it was New Year. So a lot of people were with their families. The weather was freezing cold. It was really, really snowy and in a lot of places around Japan. But here where at my house, we woke up on New Year's Day to five centimeters of snow and you just didn't really want to go out. So yeah, a lot of sort of my husband and I sitting around going, is this all there is? And that was kind of interesting because I thought, wow, I should be really enjoying myself. Why am I not enjoying myself? And so I said, okay, here's our list of things that I would like to do while the children aren't here. One of them was get a massage. And my husband also wanted to go for like just a shiatsu massage, which is very normal here in Japan. And so I put that on his to-do list, like you can book us to go for a shiatsu massage. So we did that. That was one thing. I was like, yay, I did something. (laughs) This sounds really pathetic, right? So I should be enjoying myself and and partying up. I did have a wonderful, wonderful uh, Sri Lankan lunch with my friend Dananji, who also listens to the podcast. And we were sitting there talking and she said, wow, this is really weird. You don't have to run off anywhere. You can just sort of, you know, leave when you're ready. And I said, you're right. This is really strange. I'm actually thinking about, do I have to be somewhere? Do I have to go be back home to make sure I get home before my kids come home from school? And that was also very eye-opening to me. And I thank Dananji for vocalizing that because it was sort of in my head, wow, this... Um, the life that I usually lead, which is very much revolves around my children's school schedule. When are they coming home? When do I need to be back at home by? That sort of thing. Not that that's a bad thing, but that does affect how you plan your day. It does affect the kind of things you agree to do. And what are you missing out on by having that as, you know, in the background? But it's also my choice that I want my kids to be able to come home to me, being home for them when they get home from their Japanese school. And at the end of the day, they come home and I'm there and I listen to what happened in their day and we're speaking in English and we have that English time after school. Yeah, that's something I have to think about. Perhaps it doesn't have to be every single day, though. Perhaps I can organize something where Mondays and Fridays I don't need to be home for example, somebody else is doing that job for me on those days. So yeah, there's sort of learnings and realizing, oh, I would like to be able to have more just time with hanging out with my friends and not have to rush off. Or yeah, I would like to have a regular massage date that I go to this particular shop on a Friday, twice a month, for example. And you know how when you just don't do something and you just for the first time. So for me, it was, we have a new massage store in our neighborhood. And because they don't obviously don't want people like peering in and seeing the people having their shiatsu massages, if you've never had one, you actually stay fully clothed. They don't, you don't strip off or anything. And they just cover you with a towel, you lie down on a bed. And then when it's finished, you get up and you walk away. So it's really easy There's no oil and getting all sticky and having to get naked or be cold or any of that. You just walk and lie down and they put a towel on you and massage you over the top of that. So nobody's actually touching your skin, which I quite like this. This is just sort of really suits me, the whole the speed of it and yeah, just the ease of it. 
and there's a anyway there's a store in my neighborhood and I wanted to go there and I wanted to go there but I had never been there and so going there for the first time was such an issue to get through that but now I've been there now I know sort of who works there or I know what the system is in the store I think I'll be able to go back more easily so yeah getting that out of the way and because having a massage every sort of yeah, a couple of weeks is a really nice way to just, you just have to relax, right? You can't do anything else. I mean, of course, you can choose to think of all the things that you haven't done, your to-do list while you're lying there being massaged, but it's also a really great time to practice that mindfulness of just noticing, oh, it really hurts when, <laughs> when they push me there like that, or yeah, oh, look at me thinking about that thing again. Okay, I'm going to write that down when I get out of here and deal with it. And the same with having your nails done, that you can't do work or other things. You just have to be there having your nails done. And it's two hours of enforced relaxation. So that really helps, especially us obligers. And if you've heard me talking about obligers, we tend to do everything, you know, for other people easily and forget about ourselves. So having these kind of enforced times where you just because of the activity you have to do have to relax is a great way to to get that time out and relaxing time so yes other learnings from not having my children around in the winter holidays for a few uh, days was that I really don't have that many things to do when I'm not working and I'm really lucky that I really like what I'm doing. My job is really interesting and my business is growing and I love the people I work with. And it's very easy to get wrapped up in that and make that your whole life. And that would be a little bit of a risky thing to do as well. And there's no need to make your business be the thing that is your whole life, right? So it reminded me that I need to find other ways to experience growth and challenge myself. So that was a good reminder, having trying to have that break and then finding myself just doing doing work a lot. That's not walking my talk at all. <laughs> so this is what happens when um, when my children leave my universe, you know, my world and go to the grandparents and then the, in the void, I fill the void with work. That's not what I should be doing. So I'm not sure when they'll be visiting next. So after they came back, we said, did you enjoy your trip? Was it long enough or was it too long? Or what did you think about how long you were there for? And they both said, oh, we wanted to stay longer. We were having a great time. And they were there for a good week, right? And they wanted to stay more, which is pretty impressive considering how much of a countryside kind of place. There's nothing really around where the grandparents live. It's very much in the Inaka or countryside. But they did get to go and do lots of different things. And the thing was that grandma and granddad at this time of the year are very... Hima, we'll use the Japanese word. <laughs> they have a lot of free time because they do farming. Even though they're both nearly 80, like they're getting very close to 80, they're both very, very, very energetic and are out farming every day during the summer, growing melons and long potatoes. So when they visited in the summer, Grandma and Granddad were actually really busy and didn't have as much time for them as, you know, as you would think. But in the winter, 
not much is happening in the farming world. And so it's kind of their downtime off season and they're just hanging around at home a lot more. So they were able to actually spend time with the kids, do things with them. And my kids came back and now they know how to play a game called uh, like line up the sevens or something. It's a card game that they learned from their grandmother. And I've never seen it. And I think it was Nina who was on the podcast a few episodes ago was saying her grandma taught her that game as well. So perhaps it's a generation game, but it's been taught to the next generation now. So that's really sweet. And so, yeah, winter is a great time for them to visit the grandparents for a longer stay. So I'm not sure when they'll be going back. And I was thinking I should incorporate it with some kind of trip for myself. If they go to their grandparents' house, maybe I will jump on a plane in a different direction and go and experience something new that I perhaps wouldn't want to do with my kids. Maybe it's going to visit Violet down in uh, Shikoku in Kochi Prefecture and see her new uh, amazing CrossFit gym building that's going to be ready in the summer of this year apparently as well as you know I'd love to get up to Hokkaido and look around more up there. It just looks really beautiful. It looks like my my kind of jam up there. So yeah, taking the whole family, maybe not so doable, but just me. Yeah, maybe I can go and do those things this year. Next time I send them off to <laughs> the grandparents. So that was my learning from our New Year's holiday. And then we kind of got like the kids have gone back to school just yesterday for their half day of let's pretend school started today was a full day of school finally and we're up to the 12th of January already and then I was looking at the calendar and oh my goodness it's gonna be spring vacation very very soon the last couple of weeks of March the kids have the end of the school year here in Japan and there's two weeks off and I we've just had a good two nearly three weeks holiday so yeah, my next challenge is how to balance the work I want to do with my business with the time I would like to spend with my kids, not worrying about all the work that I have to do for my business. So that is the challenge is balancing, you know, I really love my work, but I don't want to be thinking about it when my kids are on holiday. I want to be, you know, doing things with them or, you know, helping them enjoy their holidays and Thank goodness it's going to be spring holidays. There's probably not so much homework as usual because they're changing grades. It's going to be a a new school year when they go back in April. Um, But yeah, winter holiday homework was not fun. I don't know about other parents in Japan listening out there, but the calligraphy homework seems to have been the thing that everybody struggled with. And I was out with my daughter's friends and their mothers. They went to see a movie. And we were having lunch together before the movie and everybody was saying, have you done the calligraphy homework yet? And I was like, yes, well, we have. Well, I didn't actually help with it. My mother-in-law is a calligraphy master, so she managed that project and it's all done. And thank goodness. And they were saying, oh, we're doing ours tomorrow. Like it was the day before school starts and they hadn't done it yet. And this is from my Japanese friends. So it's not just, you know, if you are not a Japanese person, a mother in Japan and struggling with calligraphy, you are not alone. That was what I found out talking to my Japanese mum friends. 
So what can you look forward to this year on the Transformations with Jane podcast? We will be inviting more guests to come on the show again soon. So if you were on my list to be a guest, you will probably hear from my assistant Joe soon in your inbox. And if you would like to be a guest on the Transformations with Jane podcast, please just send me a message on Instagram or send me an email at jane at janenakata.com and just tell me why you'd like to be on the show. I'd love to hear your idea for why you think you'd be a good fit. And especially if you are in Japan and doing something different, perhaps you're not in Tokyo, it would be great to hear from you. I always love it when people volunteer. It really helps me out. And that's the same with pretty much any podcaster, I think. If you've got a podcast you'd like to be a guest on, just reach out to the host and tell them why you'd be a good fit. And you might be surprised. They'd love to have you on the show, probably. What else is coming up in 2022? Well, I am putting this out onto the airwaves speaking my life into existence and speaking this project into existence which is a course I'm creating for particularly women who want to start their own podcast and I have spoken to many many women over the last year that I have been working on my pod launch with Jane Business and not everyone wants a done-for-you service but Many of the women that I spoke to wanted some kind of help to get their podcast out there. So if that's you, if you want to be involved in the process, you want to learn how to do the things yourself, then make sure you get on my list for the course when it comes out. You'll be able to find a link for the sign up page in the show notes as well. So we are building it as I speak a DIY course where you can learn basically I will give you the shortcuts to create your own podcast you'll do it in just a few hours rather than taking out like 20 hours to decide which podcast host am I going to use or what size does my graphic need to be or what kind of things do I put in my Episode zero. What is an episode zero? I don't even know what that is. So we'll give you a lot of shortcuts and give you our best knowledge so that you can go and do it yourself and do it your way and get your voice out there. Because this is part of my my bigger sort of vision. Pod Launch with Jane. Yeah, we help people get their podcasts out there into the world. But what it mainly is, is me wanting to have more diverse voices and in particular voices of women who just don't get out there because there are so many things you have to do to get a podcast out there in the world. And I know I took the easy way in that I just did very minimal viable product when I started my podcast four years ago. I just took my phone and my earphones and went and sat in a closet and recorded myself talking and that became an episode. There was no intro music. It was just straight into hi this is Jane and welcome to the transformations with Jane podcast with no intro music for at least a good 10 episodes because I did not want to go down the rabbit hole of trying to choose a piece of intro music let alone where would I get it from and what's the vibe I'm looking for 
So now four years later, we've had two different kinds of intro music. and But really, it doesn't matter because people come for the content and people want to hear what you have to say. And if there are no voices like yours out there in the world, then there's a chance that there are people looking for you or looking for someone like them, which is you, to yeah, be the voice for them. And then the community that springs up around these podcasts is just amazing. And I think the community is also what people really want as well. So yes, 2022 is going to be the year of the new DIY course, but it won't be completely DIY. I really hope to build a community around the people who are doing the course and helping each other, working together to help each other's podcast grow to support each other and you know giving each other lifting each other up basically as we all grow through this so it you won't be alone and it'll be super duper fun so if that sounds like you get in contact with me and let me know you'd like to be on the list to hear about that when it comes out in the next month or so so yeah by speaking that into existence here on the podcast this will really help me to get my A into G and get that done for you guys. So that is all for today. Just a kind of reflection episode to ease back into 2022. And I just also wanted to say that, you know, it's been a rough couple of years, very, very rough for everyone in the world. And I know if you've been on social media at all, you will have seen 2022 come on don't be such a a difficult year like the last two ones and people having hopes high hopes for 2022 and then we're nearly two weeks in now and it's just been pretty average if not great so far and I just want to just say well a give it a chance it's only been two weeks but just because a year didn't start out great doesn't mean it won't go on to be wonderful. And definitely last year, my year did not start out great. It was rubbish. <laughs> it was not what I, where I wanted to be. It was not what I wanted to be. I felt completely broken. And my coach at the time was asking me if I wanted to continue on with coaching. And I just said, oh, I'm just, I just can't. I just need to focus on what are we having for dinner today? Uh, where are my socks? Uh, is there petrol in the car? This kind of basic sort of needs. Do you have to go to school today? These kind of things. And that was all I could manage at the time. Now, one year later, I'm light years away from where I was at the start of 2021. So don't let this first couple of weeks or even, you know, the last two years affect how your year might turn out. It's all down to the choices that you make and how you decide to approach whatever comes your way in 2022. All right. So that's my parting advice (laughs) for this episode. And we will see you again soon. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye bye. (music) 